Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Happy Independence Day. That's right, July 4th, 2019. Welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, folks. I am your illustrious host, the man of the hour, the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, the Duke. That's right, Jack. And I am so excited. It is an excellent, excellent day here, 4th of July, 2019. It's beautiful and sunny, Boston, Massachusetts. You know, it's a little hot. It's a little hot. 91 degrees. You know, we've been on some kind of weird heat wave going on here. I hear Anchorage, Alaska has a, a major heat wave issue going on. You know, their normal high this time of year is 65 degrees, and yet they're flirting with 90 degrees. Can you imagine? I mean, is, is Jurassic Park coming back? Are we going to see, you know, Willie Mammoths and, and T-Rex and all that stuff coming back? I don't know. On this week's edition, we've got a special for you, okay? Holiday special. My man, the trainer of champions, Mr. Rudy Boy Gonzalez. It's the guy that runs the Texas Wrestling Academy and his uh, promotion, Texas Wrestling Entertainment. You know, he's trained everyone from Daniel Bryan to Moonshine Mantel to, to Reyna Gonzalez, who's in the NXT right now. So he's, he's a guy who's trained a lot of great folks and... He and I really dig in. We really dig into some some heavy hitting topics. Uh, so I think you folks are really going to enjoy that. Uh, but but before we get to any of this stuff, listen, it's Fourth of July, right? I'm going to give you the Duke's Fourth of July barbecue etiquette, okay? Because you, you you need it. And you know who I'm talking to. If, if it sounds like I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. Number one, do not bring that nasty potato salad to the barbecue. Okay? You, you, you've, been, you've been putting all that disgusting mayo and you're going to bring it to the damn cookout. You're going to leave it out on the table to bake in that hot 90 plus degree sun. So it's going to turn and you're going to make everybody sick. You're going to make everybody sick. Leave that nasty mayo at home. Okay. Leave that nasty potato salad at home. Okay. Don't bring that stuff to the cookout. I'm telling you right now. Don't do it. That's right. Number two. Cook my chicken before you sauce it. A lot of you want to put all the sauce and stuff on the chicken and then put it on the grill and then the skin burns. So you get that nice char going on the skin. And because of the sauce, it caramelizes. So it makes it look like everything is okay. But then you take a bite out of the chicken and it's pink inside. It's not a piece of steak. I don't want my chicken pink inside. Do not sauce my chicken before you cook it. You better cook that sucker good and then you sauce it. You understand? I'm telling you right now, you are not a grill master if you're out here serving undercooked chicken. Don't make me get Gordon Ramsay on you. That's right. Number three. This is an important one. Do not put your grubby, disgusting hands on on my food wear gloves use tongs use use something don't put your hands all over the food okay i i I remember seeing somebody take a piece of steak and use his hand and slap it on the grill and then he uses his fingers to pick it up and turn it over i it was just the most disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life what are we doing what are we doing keep your hands off my food please 
if you if you use your hands that aren't protected by something to touch my food, I'm leaving. It's, no, actually, you know what? I'm not leaving. You're leaving. I'm kicking you out of the cookout. And I don't care if it's your house. Okay, I'll have the cops escort you out. You're out of here, pal. That's it. That's it. Next. Do not play bad music. You got to know your audience, man. You got to know your audience, right? So if I show up to the barbecue and you're playing music that everyone in the house can't relate to, what's the point? What's the point? Listen, let me tell you something, okay? Nobody, and I mean nobody, can rock to the socks come off. And nobody can rock out as much as I can to Willie Nelson. But I'm not playing Willie Nelson when it's a, a cookout with mostly kids and they want to hear the boppity boppity get it on type stuff. Okay, they want to jump around and carry on and, and, and what have you. No. I'm going to play something that, that is boppity boppity. So not that Willie Nelson crap at the barbecue, unless it's a bunch of old fogies like myself who enjoy that sort, sort of thing. Huh? Remember You remember when, when Willie Nelson uh, did Stardust? He did Stardust, which is a, a, a classic. Sometimes I wonder why I spend the lonely nights. Oh, yeah. See, don't, don't get me started, Jack. You know, the Duke can sing. The Duke can sing. I'm telling you that right now. It's a true story. Last and least, if the cops show up, don't raise hell. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. Why are you in my barbecue? Why are you giving me a hard time? Blah, 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 blah. Listen, little Jimmy so-and-so. It's three in the morning and the and the music is still loud. You're still popping fireworks all over the place. You, you set the house next door on fire with your stupid fireworks, and now you're asking the cops why they showed up at your house? Oh, my dad's a lawyer. I'll do something about this. No, 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 no. Don't give the cops a hard time because you're being a jerk on the street. Hey, actually, there's a bonus for that now, now that I think about it. Don't park in my spot. If you're having a barbecue on my street, or the next street over, you better tell everybody, do not park in the Duke's spot. If I catch you parking in my spot, I'm just telling you right now, the car is getting towed. It's getting towed. And I'm going to tow it to like another state, okay? I know how to do these things, trust me. I'm going to tow it to another state so you, you got to jump through hoops just to get the car and you'll be charged by the hour to get it out. Don't park in my spot. Anybody who parks in my spot is is just completely out of the... You know, you have those neighbors that do that. They live like three streets over and they have their folks park on your street in front of your house where you park all the time. So you, 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 you made a plate and you bring the plate over to the family member who maybe is not feeling too well or couldn't leave the house that day. And you come back and little Jimmy son of a gun is parked in your spot. Toad. Jimmy's getting towed. Jimmy's getting towed. I don't care. Do not park in my spot. That's it. It's the end of that chapter. Other than that, enjoy yourself, folks. That's right. That is the Duke's 2019 rules for the 4th of July barbecue. Make sure you write it down. You should post it in front of every entrance. You should put it. In fact, instead of serving napkins, you should serve the rules there so people know what's going on and they follow them. Okay, because that's that's what has to happen. You got to follow the rules here. Okay, there are rules, as Negan would say on The Walking Dead. Okay, there it is. If you have any rules for the Fourth of July, let me know. Head over to Facebook, head over to Twitter, head over to Gmail. Duke loves wrestling. Okay, let me know what you think. That's right. All right, I'm not gonna waste any more time here. The man, the myth, the legend. Our guest this week. This is this isn't. Awesome, eye-opening interview. Mr. Rudy Boy Gonzalez. The last time I spoke to our, our featured guest this week, a guy by the name of Daniel Bryan had retired from pro wrestling. He had taken a, a position within the WWE of being the, the co-G 
GM of, of SmackDown Live. So at least we got to see Daniel Bryan back on our TV screen every week. Uh, but he was done. He was, he was he was finished and he was moving on. Since then, not only has he returned as an active in-ring competitor, he actually won the WWE Championship. And then he went on a on a, a streak of being one of the top heels in the business. And now he is actually the SmackDown one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. I mean, you talk about a huge leap from literally not wrestling anymore to being back on top of the world. So I got to ask our, our our featured guest here, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, how does it feel to see a guy that credits you for being the, the main person who trained him on how to wrestle in the ring, especially in the beginning of his career? How does it feel to see him go from having to retire? to being back on top of the, of the wrestling world. You know, it, it you know, obviously it does me proud. Um Brian was never you know and and, and uh we never thought he was anyway, but he was never the guy to quit. You know, one thing that we that we um tried to get across to the guys was there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, if you can't do something one way, you can do. You, you got to sit back, think of how to how to go about your business another way. You can, as as long as, and then the other part was also as long as you knew how to wrestle and how to work, and you know, not have to resort to the goofy stuff, you know, tables and chairs and and ladders and all that stuff, the extreme stuff is. You can, as long as you can, as long as you knew how to actually perform in the ring, you'll always have work. You'll always, you know, you'll always be able to, to, to do something because, I mean, let's just, let's face it, after so many, well, we know now, after so many chair shots, you're going to have problems after taking so many falls on ladders and, and what have you, you're going to have, you're going to have problems. So I think it was good that, that Brian took that time off. It helped him heal, obviously, and recover from the injury he was dealing with. But I think it also gave him time to reflect and just think about how value quality of life, uh, family, and and, and and at such a young age, he still had so much to offer to the business. That, that's well said there, and and you know definitely shout out to Daniel Bryan and, and his entire family there. That's a hell of a comeback story. There's just no two ways about it. And it's something that was so unexpected. No one saw it coming. Now he can go out on his terms, which I know he, he said that this, this contract that he just recently signed would be his last wrestling contract. So this guy is already setting himself up for life after wrestling, which is pretty cool. Right. And, He's not dumb. He's When Brian was down here, I mean, it's hard to imagine being frugal when you have no money. But he was frugal, and and uh, and I'm sure that you know all the uh, wealth and fame and all the stuff he's gotten with WWE has. I don't think it's changed at all. So I'm sure he's saved up. I'm sure he's uh, you know done his money good, taking care of himself. So he, like you said, it sounds like he's getting ready to leave on his terms. Nobody wants to be. Especially when you're as passionate as he is, you don't want to go out because you're forced out. You want to go out on your terms. It's time. It's it's. I've done all I can do. I've done all I need to do, and now it's time to. Like we say, it's time to go home. Rudy, you're a guy that is legitimately well known all over the world. Not just because you you wrestled in the NWA and and, and WWE and. Did you do work with WCW? Yes, yes. That's right, that's right. So you did work with WCW. I know you, you, you provided talent for Ring of Honor. You're a guy who's known all over the world. Hey, wait, how do you know I provided talent at Ring of Honor, Duke? Because <laughs> I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it with my own eyes. You know, but t- do me a favor, because you, you told me a story uh, a couple months ago that, that stuck out. And you actually posted about it on your Facebook as well. Tell the the Kota Ibushi story. So Kota Ibushi, folks, you know, the guy from New Japan Pro Wrestling, major star, excellent worker and what have you. Rudy was surprised that 
actually knows who he is. T- tell us that story. I've had a relationship with Gabe Sapolsky for since the Ring of Honor days, and so when WrestleMania was coming to Dallas, Texas, Gabe asked me if I could help provide the ring to their events that Evolve was having at in Dallas at the same time. Like the first night, the first day I think they had like a, a big tryout deal with some of the boys and what have you, and then the next day was their Super Show or something. And so I'm standing by the ring, and slowly but surely the guys, the talent starts walking in. And I wasn't familiar with some of the guys, but there was uh, there was Marty Scroll and there was Ricochet and and uh, a few other kids. And uh, so I'm I'm tightening down the ring one of the ring skirts, and um, uh, I hear. Uh, uh, well, no, I start shaking hands with guys that are coming in, and they're introducing themselves and what have you. And so one kid, you know, a Japanese kid, goes, Daniel-san, 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 Daniel-san. And I'm like, hold it, no, I'm not Daniel-san. I'm, I'm, I'm Rudy, and he's like, Daniel-san. And then he shakes my hand and bows to me and walks off. And I'm like, who the heck is that? And then somebody, you know, somebody later on told me who he was and stuff. And, and I told Gabe, and Gabe was like, well, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, He's a he's a you know he's a big star in Japan and stuff and I, I guess he knows who you are. So and I you know I know I know guys recognize me um, or who I am anyway uh, here in the states. I just didn't realize because I hadn't trained Brian since 1999. So that's like uh, that was like what maybe 14 years later or something, you know, 15 years, 16 years later. So, yeah, it just kind of took me back that he, you know, and he didn't just say, oh, you trained. You know, he, he just went off and, and uh, you know, was was very surprised that I was there. And, and that kind of like um, kind of humbled me a little bit because I, I, I know, you know, every now and then I get on, on these deals where, you know, it's just wrestling and what have you, but I, you know, I also – you know, every now and then I just I get reminded that um, that you know there are people outside of San Antonio, outside of Texas, outside of the United States that that know who I am. You know, and then recognize who I am and what I've done. You know, uh, what I've contributed to pro wrestling, and then that's really I'm really appreciative. As a matter of fact, a, a gentleman just messaged or turned uh, request me on Facebook. And uh, with everybody that friend requested me, I asked them who they are. And so this gentleman from Japan messaged me, and so I asked him, who are you? And he says, you are Rudy-san, big, famous trainer. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, you're my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he, he's telling the truth, though. you got, you got to accept it, man. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, and I appreciate that. I, that really means a lot to me. You, you brought up something. Uh, a little while ago, you, you brought up the word chair shot. And certainly this week, on the heels of the uh, Fighter Fest, that AEW pay-per-view, chair shots is, is definitely a, a, a word or a term that's being passed around all over the wrestling world. Rudy Boy Gonzalez, a guy who has been in the wrestling business for nearly 40 years, and you've been training some of the top stars in the history of the business for at least the past 20 years. How do you gimmick a chair? I don't know. I've never, I've never heard of that before. I don't know. I mean, if you, like I've heard of guys gimmicking tables where they actually score the table in the middle. So it'll break easier. Um, I saw I saw a table break that way just this past weekend uh, at a you know at a local show here in Texas. As far as I mean, I, I, if you gimmick a chair, I mean, so it'll crack or something. I mean, all you're doing is creating sharp edges again. So I don't I don't know. I've never heard of that before. I've never. Um, to me, uh, gimmicking a ch- I mean, it, to me it doesn't exist. If you're trying to protect, protect yourself, or, or if you're trying to protect the guy from getting the heck knocked out of him, you know, seriously injured, the only way I ever, I was ever, I've ever seen, or I was ever told, was put a hand up. And 
at that, I was told you could put your hand right up to your head and just, you know, cushion the blow. Or you can put your hand three inches from your head and, and not get hit at all. And, or you can put your hand, I've seen guys put their hand you know, a foot from their head and the chair never hits them at all and they still, you know, hit the mat or whatever. Uh, but as far as gimmick in the chair, I don't, I don't know. Unscrew it or something. I don't know. I never heard of that before. So when I heard that said, uh, in one of the press conferences, I just kind of like, you know, how do you do that? Well, it's it's interesting because you have been very vocal regarding your philosophy on taking shots to the head, and especially unprotected shots to the head. Uh, you know, in previous episodes where you've been a guest on this show, you, you've made it clear that you tell your guys to don't even allow people to kick you dead on in the head. That's like don't don't do that. Right. Explain to us the psychology behind your philosophy about protecting the head and, and why is it that specifically you you make that such a, a key directive to the folks that you train? So going back years ago, I mean, uh with the sheep herders here, that was that was a thing is uh fighting, wrestling, wrestling, fighting, fighting, fighting and and then things spill over and then someone grabbed a chair and guys got clocked either in the head or in the back. Um, and as years have gone by, you know, we, we've, um, you know, we've learned that chair shots affect, um, you know, your brain. My, my thing is, um, pro wrestling is what it is. It's, it's not ballet. And he, and then I was telling my guys that's at the gym the other day, even ballet, you have ballerinas with jacked up toes and stuff because it is, it's not, it's not that easy either, but pro wrestling is a very physical line of work. And just, you know, running the ropes, you're leaving bruises on your back. And, and you know, from the cables or the ropes that are hitting your back, uh, taking bumps. Every bump you take, man, it, it, it's, uh, it's putting wear and tear on your body. Our bodies aren't made that way. So... Uh, I try and explain to my guys, I mean, it's, but it's part of the deal. Bumps are part of the process. It's just like tackling and hitting the turf is part of football. I mean, and even in football, they're trying to, you know, uh, change the way guys are tackled. It used to be, you know, put your helmet on the numbers and drill them into the ground. And now it's, it's, uh, it's not like that. And, and there are some fans that are complaining that, you know, footballs get turned into flag football and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like it used to be, but it's for the safety of the players. And wrestling, unfortunately, we don't have pads. We don't have shoulder pads or helmets, so we bump. And and um, and I'll, I'll put myself out there. Um, in the past, and I'm not blaming nobody. I'm, I'm not blaming nobody at all. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm putting this on, on Rudy. Um, but in, I guess, the past, 60 years or so, I've noticed that I've, I'm getting memory loss. Um, uh, you know, st- I'm not going to say I go through depression. I just and I just talked to this also the other day about somebody and depression and stuff. I handle it. I don't take medication for it. I uh, you know, well, let me just let me just get to this part. The stuff that you read about CTE and all that, uh, I experience. I don't make it a big thing about it. I'm not trying to sue nobody about it, but I I deal with it uh, <clears throat> as well. But I've never taken. I think in my wrestling career, I've taken maybe <clears throat> I'm sorry, maybe maybe five chair shots. Maybe I've hit the ring post once or twice with my hand in the way, but I've taken a shitload of bumps and on the concrete and, you know, um, and I've wondered, uh, why am I experiencing this if I've never, if I've never, I didn't do hardcore stuff. I didn't go to tables and all that stuff. So why am I experiencing this? And then I, I, I did speak with somebody and they said, well, believe it or not, you, when you take a bump, you're putting, you're creating trauma for your brain because your body is hitting the mat and all of a sudden your body stops and, and even though you tuck your chin, your 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 brain is still bouncing around inside your skull. And so 
It may not be a big deal, but it's a bunch of little little uh, traumas that create the big deal. And over, you know, the guy was asking me, how long you been doing this? And at, time, at that time, I was like, you know, uh, you know, 25 years or so, whatever. And he was like, well, how many bumps do you think you've taken over that lifetime, over that, over that span? I'm like, I have no idea. Well, how many bumps do you think you take during a match? And I started going over a typical, you know, Reboy Gonzalez's match. And 10, 15, I guess, I don't know, maybe more. You know, he goes, well, there you go. He said, you may not. He goes, you may not have taken hits to the head directly like some of these other guys may have, but you're still creating <clears throat> you're still creating trauma to your to your brain. And um and I said, Okay. <clears throat> and uh, so I try and get it across to my guys, take care of your stuff. Don't don't let a guy especially now you see guys uh, everybody wants to get that big pop. Everybody wants to get that big ooh. And and we did that back in 1983, 84 also, but we didn't give each other uh, flying knees to the head. We didn't give each other, you know, uh, uh, pile drivers, you know, on on the top of a guy's head and then and then follow that up with a tombstone and then follow it up with a... DDT and then followed up with a, a a strike to the you know a kick to the head and you know um, and that's what guys are doing now and I tell my students don't let guys do that to you don't 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 do it you know there's a you know Mike Micah you know um, this girl that I know <laughs> uh, she does a match with this girl out of Houston and the girl out of Houston has a habit of kicking her in the back. And when you and I showed Micah in slow motion, look at your head, and her head just whips back and forth, and it's like, Jesus Christ, are you? Here, I'm surprised her neck's still in place, and uh, she didn't realize that. She just she just knows that she gets kicked in the back. And this happened three or four times already, and she just she just knows she gets kicked in the back, and you know she flops forward and backwards, and 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 the girl goes to cover and stuff. She didn't realize how it looked, and 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 um, you know, so she, you know, now she's aware of, of what, you know, what to do and what or what not to let happen. But guys think it's cool to to take these shots and to take do these kicks, and and uh, and it's not cool. Um, I put a, a a deal on my Facebook just the other day. The bumps you take today are going to come back and haunt you tomorrow. Um, you got to, you know. Again, wrestling is what it is. I, there's no way. I'm sorry that I can, I can uh, make or anybody can make bumps soft. Uh, you know, you, if this is what you choose to do, great. But you take care of yourself. But you know, uh, headshots. We we are way smarter than we were. Uh, you know, eight years ago, ten years ago. Uh, there's no, there's no reason in, in doing that stuff. And um, you know, guys are still doing it. I, I have no idea why. My, my my philosophy is, if you want, you know, if you want longevity in this stuff, you know, uh, take care of your body. You only got one body. You only got one. You can do knee replacement, I guess. You can do hip replacement, but I don't think I've seen any guy. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think hard, but I haven't seen any guy come back to wrestling after, or come back to life, and have a have a life after brain replacement. It just haven't happened yet, you know. We're talking to Rudy Boy Gonzalez, the trainer of the champion and the guy that owns uh, Texas Wrestling Academy and its promotion, Texas Wrestling Entertainment. Rudy, something came out over the past uh, two weeks from Tommy Dreamer. And, you know, on his... Uh, House of Hardcore podcast, he admitted that he actually planned an elaborate plot to commit a murder-suicide, where he was going to shoot Paul Heyman out of WrestleMania and himself in front of the whole world. Knowing what we know about Tommy, where, you know, he's had a career, where he's taken plenty of shots to the head and, and 
he's been pretty open about his uh, issues with depression and, and what have you. I'm going to ask you this directly, and, and, and this may not necessarily be the most politically correct thing to ask you about, but you know, you've been pretty open about you know just your own personal self here. What's the difference, outside of the obvious, but what's the difference between Chris Benoit and, and, and Tommy Dreamer? I mean, I understand that Benoit actually went through with it, but do, do you really see a difference beyond that between this, this murder-suicide concept here? Well, you just, you just, let me start by saying, I've known Tommy for several years. I love him to death. He's always been a good guy to me. I'm not trying to knock him. I'm not trying to, nothing like that. But you just got to be honest about it. The difference between Tommy and Chris Ben was, just like you said, Chris did it. And Tommy thought about doing it. Uh, Tommy said what stopped him was Jim Ross called him. I think that's what he, I think that's what I read somewhere. Um, he received a phone call or something. What if that phone call didn't come through? What if somebody made a phone call to Chris before any of that stuff happened? Would he still be here? It's, it's one, man, this is, this is a tough one, but one, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say anything like that. But I'm glad he did, though, because it brings to light that issue. Um, but, I mean, and, 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 and I'm just, I'll speak about myself. I would because I would try and figure this shit out myself. It may not be the right way to go about it, but, um, you know, uh, but in Tommy's case, um, Tommy's a, a huge influence to a lot of guys in this business. Um, and for him to come out and say something like that, you know, my my um, my take on this is the next step for Tommy is to stop everything you're doing and go get looked at, go get evaluated, go get something go you know the guy that i spoke to he said and i said how far along am i he said well there's no way of really knowing the only way i can know is if I take your brain out and look at it and you know obviously you can't do that um you know so uh same thing with tommy i guess you know there's, there's got to be though some kind of way there's got to be some kind of way to evaluate this stuff and my suggestion you know, and, and who am I? Would be stop everything you're doing and, uh, go, go get looked at, go get evaluated, go get checked, go, you know, whatever it's going to take to, you know, and, 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 and understand that at the same time is, you know, with brain injuries, once the damage is done, it's done. But get a grip on knowing what, where you are at, where you are on it and, how to handle it. The last thing I want to see is for Tommy or anybody to do something like what he talked about uh, with Paul Hayden. But you know what? Though, if something were, if someone if someone were to do something like that, would they? Would the other guy actually sell it? They'd get up and do another spot or some. Uh, I'm trying to throw a joke in there, but <laughs> but Jesus. you know. <laughs> But, but seriously, you know, again, we know from from Chris, this isn't something to play with. And I think I think Tommy tried to make a joke about it, but again, it's not something to joke about. It's if 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 I, I guess, again, I'll put myself into this situation. If for some, if one, if for one second, I had some kind of thought of doing harm to. My family, I would, you know, go see a doctor right away. Um, I've never thought of doing anything like that, but if I did, I would go, I would find some kind of help right away because I, you know, I love my kids to death. I love, you know, people that are around me. I, I couldn't imagine 
harm, you know, doing any kind of harm to anybody, anybody at all, uh, and all because of, you know, pro wrestling. You know, I love the business, but I love my my well being and my my family and my the people around me a little bit more though. You know, so that's you know, um, I know it's a it's a touchy subject, and for all I know, Tommy may hear that and say, you know what, fuck, dude, he don't know what he's talking about. That's my business, and it is. I'm just speaking my mind, I guess. You know. Well, it, it may be quote unquote his business, but he put it out there to the world to right. to digest and and to analyze. So it, it's it's everybody's business now, especially when you're talking about not not just the passing thoughts, but literally he planned over time to do this thing <laughs> in front of the world. So I I gotta ask you, Rudy, as a as a promoter. Because you don't just train people in your school. You actually have a, a pro wrestling company, Texas Wrestling Entertainment, where you put on shows and you bring in outside names and book them and, and put them out there in front of the audience to, to perform and what have you. As a promoter, is it responsible to book someone who who's put out to the world that they've had homicidal thoughts is it responsible to book somebody like that before finding out if they've gotten help and where they're at as a result of their therapy at, at, at this point? Uh, it's the promoter's responsibility to uh, to book the you know the guy you know guys that are going to perform safely. Uh, it's the promoter's responsibility. It's the promoter's responsibility for the guys who he, he brings in and, and puts on that show. Whether that means, it, you know, he needs to know if they are, you know, uh, HIV positive or not, if they're uh, hepatitis C positive or not, if they have past history of drug abuse if they're you know and if they're in a if you if he's doing a show at a bar i sure don't want to you know he 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 doesn't want to use a guy who has you know alcohol problems and the same goes for something like this especially especially with you know the benoit issue and stuff and and uh you know and him making a statement like that because what if and man it's 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 it's, it's a it's a tough deal to talk about because I'm not trying to bury anybody. But, you know, if I was a promoter and I had a guy booked on my show next Saturday who came on and made it public, you know what? I felt like killing this guy and I feel like da da da, and I feel like killing myself and making a big scene in public. I would call him and say, "Hey, man, uh, before you show up Saturday, you need to get you need to get checked and evaluated, and I need documentation that you're a safe dude to bring into my my venue. Because I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want to be on you know the dirt sheets uh, and what have you, and you know because you you acted out what you said you're going to act out, you know. And I'm not being selfish about. It, I'm just being I want this guy to, you know, I want this guy to be able to, I want this guy to be able to, to function and, and, and to, to be safe for himself and to everybody around him. Yeah, we don't need another, we don't need another, uh, you know, Chris Benoit incident in our business. We don't, that, that should have never happened. Uh, but it did. And, uh, you know, for lack of any other way to say it, you know, are trying to find some kind of silver lining around such a tragic event. I mean, we learned a lot from that, and so you know, if if uh, if I had a guy booked on on my on my show, and he publicly came out with something like that, or I, if even if I got wind of it from you know, he said she said, I'd make a phone call and say, hey, I need I need for this to happen. 
Um, so, I mean, that's what I would do. That's very well said. And, and one can only hope that, you know, there's more to that story where, and, and hopefully Tommy will share that, at least on the next episode of the podcast, where he shares that he's gotten help and shed some light on how he was able to get past that point and express that he's not there anymore. Sure, express and, that, and that he would... doesn't feel that way about anybody anymore. It, exactly, and that would help. Because you and I both know, I mean, and he knows, I'm sure, we're not the only, you know, he's not the only one that's probably thought that. There's probably guys that have thought that as well. They just haven't been open about it. They're, you know, um, you know, I mean, so him coming out like that is, is a good thing, and and uh, and hopefully something's done, and 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 uh, and he comes, like you said, he comes out of his next deal and says, hey, I want to go see Doctor So and So, and this is what he said. I mean, that's what I'm. This is what I did, you know. Um, and and other guys that have these these thoughts or what have you, they can uh, they can. They can do what they they need to do, and and uh, again we don't need another we don't need another you know incident like like what happened and you know with with Chris. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You, you you brought up guys having you know bringing papers and and essentially letting you know that they're they're safe to perform on your shows and, and even to train at your school. One of the things that I find interesting about how you do business, how, how Rudy Gonzalez does business, you require blood work. You yes. you have the, the your, your your students and even people performing on your on your TWE shows in particular they got to have, you know, fairly current blood work done to make sure that they're, they're not harboring something that could potentially hurt other people, infect other people on the card. Explain the philosophy behind that, because I, that's not really something that's common that I've ever heard of from any wrestling school or indie promotion. I, I You know, obviously WWE does things like that, but I, I've never really heard of that on the scale that you're operating on. Well, I've had guys that have gone to Louisiana to work, and in Louisiana you do need blood work and what have you. I've had guys that have gone to Arkansas and Oklahoma and New Mexico, and uh, those states need you need to have that done. Um, I have guys that do phys- you know to come train at the TWA, you need to have a physical done. Um, I mean, these are things that I you know we don't. You know, the, those states have commissions and what have you, and um, and that's why they have to have that stuff done. And there's other states in the country that do do that as well. Uh, I just one, I don't think we need a commission. I don't need a commission to tell me to 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 do business in a safe manner. I I'll do it anyway on my own. And so, uh, in the course of of training, you know, bumps and bruises and cuts happen. Um, so. You know, especially when you got new guys that have no idea what they're doing and, you know, a guy does a leapfrog and you say duck and they both duck and they bump heads and bust their so- themselves open and, and now you got a mess and, and, uh, I'd, I'd like to be able to just go patch it up and, uh, wipe down the mat with some alcohol or what have you. Then, then also worry about shit. I hope this guy doesn't have HIV. Jesus Christ, I hope this guy doesn't have hepatitis C. Good Lord, I hope that, you know, it's just a peace of mind type of thing, and it's just something that if these guys want to continue working by the you know you know and they want to go to different areas, some states require that stuff. So get used to you know, and it's just being accountable. It's just you know, um, you know, I, I've had I've I've had guys that have come in and um, they're gung ho about training and what have you, and it's my dream. It's what we've been wanting to do, and yada yada yada. And then they find out uh, they have a heart murmur or they have something wrong with their spine and they have something that disqualifies them from even training. So, and then, you know, and if I did, I feel like if I didn't do that, 
and something happened, then who's accountable? Then at that point, who is accountable? I am. So, um, you know, I mean, there, there's a kid here who's, who promotes now. His name's Houston Carson, and he wrestled for years and years. Did a good job. He was a good kid. I love him to death. And he went to go get a physical done, and they found out he had a, a heart issue, and he had to stop right away. Now, like, stop. And he didn't want to, and it hurt him, but, I mean, it was a life-and-death issue, you know, and that's what he did. And, you know, I don't know if that was the first time he took a physical like that or not, but, you know, uh, I, again, I, the last thing I need is for something like that, you know, something tragic like, like that to, to happen, not just at my school, but anywhere. And, and I don't know if other schools do that. And if they don't, they should. They should, you know, it, it's great to take guys' money. Make sure you're, you're, you know, the guys that you're taking that money from, they're going to be able to, um, enjoy, you know, what they're paying for, you know, and, uh, and they can in, in enjoy what they're paying for and, and, um, have a, have a successful career. You recently posted on your, your Facebook account, uh, an article about an incident that happened at, at an indie show in, in Indiana. You know, in fact, the company, and I'm going to say their name because everyone should know about them, Pro Wrestling Trainwreck. And and what they did was an absolute train wreck, in my opinion. There was a situation where it was a, it was a quote-unquote hardcore event and, and people were bleeding all over the place. And the health department in that part of Indiana is concerned that fans were exposed to hepatitis C and HIV. And they have strongly requested that everybody who attended that show get tested. So that's how that's how uh, serious this is here. Uh, you, you posted the article on your Facebook, and at least one person took exception to you posting it and, and went off on a tangent <laughs> about. Uh, and, and you really didn't say much about the article. You just made the information public, which it, you were sharing it. So it's not like you were necessarily passing any, any legitimate uh, judgment on that. But the guy, you know, and, and I'll, I'll take his, his quotes here. F you, dude. Go live in the 80s. Death match is alive, and you know what? It's not going anywhere. You vets bitch and moan about the younger generation, but you... You fucks are just as bad because all you want is headlocks and scoops. F off. F the F off. So, I mean, this this guy really just kind of lost his mind over the fact that you, again, a guy who's been in the business for nearly 40 years now, a guy who's been training some of the brightest, best stars in, in the history of the business for over 20 years, he took exception to you posting about this issue, which is a legitimate health concern. What is that? And, and, and I know that this isn't the first time that you've been getting flack from, from people on things that, that you bring attention to. What do you think that's born out of, and, and, and how do you handle something like that? Uh, head trauma. I think he's suffered, he's suffered a lot of head trauma in the past. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think. I think. Um, I'm just. I'm just assuming. I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. Um, I'm assuming he's somebody in within the company. Uh, from what I understand with the article, um, like you said, the health department made a uh, you know posted something, or they made people aware that were at that show to get tested. I mean, the health of, I mean, I, I ran shows. I mean, a lot of guys around here run shows here in Texas, and I don't recall any time the health department issuing some kind of warning uh, to the fans that went to any of the shows to go get checked. So there must have been something that was said or something they found out or they learned or there, there had to have been a reason for them to post that. And, and um, so... You know, apparently there's something there. I mean, like I said, I've never heard that. I've never heard of a health department doing any, anything like that before. Um, so, 
uh, this guy got upset, um, and I'm sorry, just to, you know, sorry for being concerned about the citizens of the town that they're, you know, or, or the wrestling fans in the town that they're performing in. Um, but I mean, you know, if you want to go further than that, to me, there's just no. And, and this is my opinion, and I know people are going to argue about it, but to me, there's just no room for death matches. That's not wrestling. That's just, to me, and, and, and I, you know, in saying that, I trained a guy who's a heck of a, of a, of a, of a ring guy, a heck of a wrestler, wrestler, but he's also a death match icon, and that's Masada. So, um, you know, I mean, but but again, to me, there's you know, to do death matches and, and stuff like that, just for the sake of doing it, just for the shock value, you know, uh, there's just no need for that. It's especially again, especially today, knowing the stuff that we know and and watching the guys do, you know, some of the stuff they do, and and you 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 know, you see, you know, there's a video of a guy doing a moonsault. And he lands flat on his head. Uh, I'm, I'm, he didn't break his neck. This happened a while back. Um, there's, I know, you, I know we're going to talk about this later, but there's Joey Janela, who was another guy jumping off the, the top of a building into a pickup truck. There's some other guy trying to do some goofy move off the top of, uh, off the side of a, of a wall somewhere and he lands on a table, but then when he lands, he breaks his leg. I mean, why wrestling is is a storytelling. Wrestling is psychology. Wrestling is supposed to be enjoyable to fans. Wrestling is for you know when I grew up anyway. Wrestling was for six year olds to sixty year olds. Wrestling is you know going out there and good guy bad guy type of stuff and you suck and boo and yay and and uh, you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get where guys, you know, feel they have to do some of the stuff they do to get to get a pop. Wrestling, I forgot to mention, wrestling is also a business. So there used to be a saying, I don't hear it anymore though. Uh, red equals green. In other words, if and I've seen guys. I've heard guys in the dressing room talk about, well, if he wants me to get color, he's going to have to pay me. Guys, they get color for nothing. And and uh, and then there's a joke now about hot dogs, and this guy's, you know, that probably he probably got two hot dogs for that move, or he, you know, um, my opinion is is today guys just don't work trained. They're not trained properly. They're not trained uh, at all, and it's and it's. And it's not just headlocks and hammerlocks and running the ropes and taking bumps, but a lot of it is also patience and store again storytelling. And uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes along with training. And all guys see is, or all guys hear is, you know, the cheers and the booze. And the only way to do that is by doing outlandish stuff like like going through ladders and that type of stuff. And once you get you know, once you get a pop from going through you know, once you get a reaction from going through a ladder, you know, falling on, on top of the ladder then I need to get a bit a bigger reaction. So let's let's jump off a ten foot ladder and then I need to get a bigger relax reaction. Let's jump off a twenty foot ladder. Let's get a bigger reaction. Let's jump off a twenty foot ladder onto a table outside the ring. Again, let's get a bigger reaction. And then, it's, you know, the envelope keeps getting pushed. And, you know, where do you go from there? Well, it's, you know, Masada does a thing where he sticks skewers in somebody's, you know, in a guy's forehead. Uh, I've seen matches where guys use uh, cheese graters on guys' foreheads for guys' arms. Uh, oh, so here's the story. So, uh, one of the Ring of Honor shows that we did, we had CM Punk in the in the ring, and uh, for whatever reason, I have no idea why he did it, but Fast Eddie grabbed a cheese grater and wanted to go scrape it on Punk's arm. 
and punk punched the heck out of him. I mean, he just clock, he clocked him. And then, you know, they got an argument and stuff in the back. But I even asked Eddie, why would you do that? And he was like, well, it was there. <laughs> why would you do that? Why, why would you try and grate his skin off of his arm? What's wrong with you? You know, and, and, and again, you know, what, what is, why are guys going out there and disfiguring themselves, um, mutilating themselves for, you know, $30, $40, $50? I mean, there's no amount of money that would, if you could pay me, that I would, I would do something like that, you know? Um, so yeah, the guy got upset. Um, because I, I shared an article, um, my guess is, like I said, he was part of the company and more than likely, I mean, hopefully that company gets shut down unless, I mean, if, if I was, uh, if for whatever reason I had a goofy idea and said, Hey guys, let's all do something and we're going to cut each other open and stuff. And then the health department came down on me. First thing I would do would say, okay, let's not do that shit no more. Let's, Rethink about how you're going to go about business from here on out because I don't want that publicity. I don't want that, you know, I don't want the authorities coming down on me. I don't want um, the guy in the front row suing me because, you know, this guy here was bleeding and he spit out a wad of blood at him and now this guy has, you know, he's sick from whatever. Or, or even worse, you know, a kid getting sick from something like that. You know, I mean, it's, there's just no point in it. If if fans want to reach you, or, or even you know, folks who want to be trained the right way, if they want to be part of your your school, Texas Wrestling Academy, what's the best way they can reach you? They can email me, Texas Wrestling Academy underscore SA, like San Antonio at yahoo.com, or, um, you know, they can go to my Facebook page and uh, send me a message on there. You know, I want to be a wrestler. Um, but understand, I mean, and, and I'm not for everybody. I'm an old-school type of guy. I do combine some of the newer stuff. Like, I just worked out a deal with some people in Mexico. So uh, some of the guys that I train will be going to Mexico to train, and then from there there's an opportunity to also train in Japan. So, I mean, I do a lot of old-school stuff, but, I combine, you know, what we do and the beliefs that I was brought up in that seem to still work. I mean, I'm still around after, you know, 100 years, you know, for some people it's unfortunately, but uh, I'm still around and I'm still producing good guys, you know. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the Facebook page, the or if you want to call me, if you want to send a text message, you know, 210-326-1520. You know, I try and work a lot with, with guys. I try and, you know, I mean, I'm not the kind of guy that says you're too fat or too small or too skinny or anything like that. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you want a shot at this, then then come on in, you know, and I'll work with you. And you decide whether this is something for you or not, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's it. And, folks, I mean, this, this, again, this is a guy who's been producing – some of your favorite talent for so long. I mean, everyone from Daniel Bryan and the Bryan Kendrick to, geez, Moonshine Mantel to Raina Gonzalez in NXT, Alex the Team Dream, the Pink Dream, who, you know, she just did a tour in Japan. Micah Madrid, legitimately one of the top female stars in the Texas territory, and she's been doing work in Mexico and what have you. Literally, Rudy Boy Gonzalez just continues to pump out these talented, sound wrestlers. Wrestlers. Max Castellanos, wrestlers. Tony Batista, wrestlers. The, the list just keeps going and going. So if you want to be trained the right way. If Terrell Tempo. Terrell Tempo. If you, if you want to put yourself in a position, whether you're a man or a woman, where you will actually be able to work in the business for an extended period of time and do it the right way, you should definitely check out Texas Wrestling Academy with Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Rudy, before I let you go, how are you San Antonio folks holding up uh, considering Kawhi Leonard went all the way to Toronto, Canada? And won an NBA championship with the Raptors, a, a team that one, literally one of the youngest teams in the league. They've only been around about 20 years, and yet 
he won a championship with them. How's San Antonio holding up? San Antonio, <laughs> it's funny because San Antonio is crying. I mean, there's the radio guys here called, you know, have said, you know, have called Kawhi Leonard a punk. They, they've uh, drug him through the mud when he was going through his issues last year and whatever with the injury. You know, how he, uh, he, you know, he folded up and he didn't, you know, he, he walked out on the team and turned his back on him and, you know, and then he, and then Kawhi got traded to Toronto. And, um, so then the guys here were like, you know, they sent him, they, they, you know, they got rid of him. They got him out of the country and they kept dragging every day. Duke, I swear to God, there's not a day that goes by that you don't hear Kawhi being knocked on here in, in the local media. And, uh, so, and I, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know Kawhi Leonard or anything like that, but I mean, there was a reason why he was sitting out, and and uh, there's been some di- misdiagnosis. This is another epi- uh, another podcast, I guess, but there's been some misdiagnosis with with injuries and stuff in the NBA, and and uh, some per- some pretty big ones. And so I, I assume that's what he was just looking out for. And then he goes to Toronto, and uh, boom, NBA championship. And I was personally, I was happy for him because that's like giving the finger to the San Antonio people that were calling him all these names and quitter and what have you, and he's not a quitter. He's just a kid. Today, that's all I understand is is uh, <laughs> every in every other sport, the kids are trying to take care of themselves for longevity purposes and quality of life and what have you. But in pro wrestling, the kids are killing themselves, <laughs> and we're not making as much money. And and the thing is 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 um. This isn't even real. So what are they doing? It 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 it, bothers, it blows my mind. So uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm glad. I understand he's leaving Toronto this year, though. But Toronto's happy. They got their championship. You know, um, I don't know where he's going, but I'm I was happy for him. I'm glad he got he got the trophy. And uh, apparently, there were some comments made about Coach Pop. That's another issue. Um, but again, I was I was happy for him. You know, you may be one of the few people in San Antonio happy for Kawhi Leonard for <laughs> winning a championship and, and really showing Popovich and his disciples that, you know, the Spurs organization is not the be-all, end-all and what have you. Right. That, that's, that's funny. Rudy Boy Gonzalez, let me tell you something, man. I, I've grown up seeing you on my Saturday morning uh, wrestling event, uh, shows. You know, WWE used to produce when you were wrestling for them. I grew up going to Ring of Honor events and seeing you legitimately looking like the baddest man in the entire room. Like, despite the fact that you bring in your, your students to the ring and, and what have you, everybody looked like a wrestler, but that guy looked like he beat the hell out of everybody in the room. That was Rudy Boy Gonzalez. <laughs> and I'll tell you, getting to know you uh, since doing this podcast and what have you and, and Hearing these stories and, and you coming on the show and what have you, I, I just I really appreciate your friendship. I really appreciate the fact that uh, you're always willing to come on the show and, and you know drop some gems that everybody can can take something away from. Uh, legitimately, the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast wouldn't be what it was what it is today. Uh, worldwide phenomenon, you got listeners all over the place. It wouldn't be that without your support. So I, I thank you, Rudy, and, and look forward to having you on again soon. I I, uh, I greatly thank you for those words, Duke, and uh, I love you. And there you have it. I mean, just... <laughs> Every time Rudy Boy Gonzalez comes on the show, it's, you know, it's a special because I just hit record and, and the conversation that we have is not an interview. The conversation that we have is always detailed. Rudy never holds back. He always tells you exactly what's on his mind and, and his take on things. And you know that's over forty years' experience there, wrestling and training and promoting. The guy's been to WWE. He's been in the NWA. He's Ring of Honor. He, Rudy Boy Gonzalez has been everywhere. So and and his students have been everywhere. From Daniel Bryan to Rana Gonzalez to Moonshine Mintel to you name it. D. Brian Kendrick. The man knows what he's talking about. Paul London. Shout out to Paul London. Got to get the guy on the show sometime. I, I, I'm a big Paul London fan. 
Anyway, it's time to get to the to the to the cookout, folks. You have my rules, so you know what to do. Don't mess it up. Don't blow your hands off either with the fireworks. That uh, I forgot to mention that. Don't be a fool, please. Please. Join us next week when we'll go over the top stories. We'll have another great guest. Until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is the Duke signing off. Bye-bye, everybody. Mr. Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.